Welcome back, everyone, to Stay at Your Lane podcast brought to you by Triple T Transport. Today, we got two humorous, intelligent, funny gentlemen joining us on the podcast. Uh, Louis Pugh, Executive VP at OIDA. Louis, welcome. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me out there. Thanks to all the truckers out there. Absolutely. Appreciate all the drivers out there making it happen. Um, Louis, uh, you get, uh, you know, kind of carte blanche here uh, because you're an Ohio guy. So, you know, we're going <laughs> to give you a little leeway. Joe Lombardo was with us again. Joe, if you would say hi to everybody. Hey, how is everyone? And again, I want to say hi to all the drivers out there. And John, you didn't say that Lou and I were good looking, too. No, I didn't, Joe. You didn't say that. Okay. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, I think the uh, the time has passed the three of us by. Uh, we're at the stage of life where we have the face for radio now, and we just have to make <laughs> our peace with it. Uh, today's subject matter, uh, I think, is near and dear to my heart personally as a, as a broker, um, and someone who actually does care about the services we provide our drivers and everyone that we interact with on both sides, our, our clients. But uh, mostly the, uh, the today's subject is going to be on uh, the fall of the digital brokerage platform. I think it's a safe assumption to say that um, many things worked during the trying times of COVID, COVID and People took a lot of chances from a transportation perspective and maybe did business with people that they wouldn't normally have chosen to do business with out of necessity. But that has, uh, you know, as we said earlier, uh, Louis, uh, drivers were heroes during COVID, right? Uh, everybody appreciated them, loved them, thankful. And uh, it was like a switch when that was over. So was the appreciation and the thank you. Yeah, and you're right. It's a shame that this is what we go through in trucking and highs and lows. Anytime there's some sort of natural disaster or anything like that, truckers become the heroes because I don't like to call our truckers first responders, but they're first on the scene supplying the first responders for sure. And you're right. And, you know, we got a T-shirt we sell here at OIDA that says, if you don't, if you don't like trucks, don't buy stuff. And that's, what, <laughs> you know, really, that's what I don't get about people, you know. But, yeah, we went from hero to zero. But, yeah, and I think the digital broker thing when it first came out, honestly, we were seeing a lot of people using it before COVID. And then I think COVID kind of maybe helped it to a point, but also hurt it. Because what happened was when COVID, I think, in my opinion, when COVID started and got hot and heavy that's when we were seeing lots of problems at shippers and receivers and guys would get there and they wouldn't be ready for it because people were out sick or they weren't allowed on the dock there's just all kinds of problems right and the problem that we saw mainly with these digital platforms from an operational from a trucking side was that you couldn't get a hold of anybody so you get to this broker this consignee to deliver their widgets and they don't want them or they don't want them for there's some kind of problem with them. I mean, we had guys four and five days that they're sitting there waiting to try to get a person at one of these often one of these digital low board companies to talk to them to solve the problem. So that was the biggest problem we saw. They worked fine until there was a problem. But when there was a problem, you had a real problem. And then they didn't want to, of course, pay or any of these other things. And, of course, the coincide or the shipper doesn't want to pay if you're the if the trucker sat there and the main reason he was sitting there was because nobody would answer the phone at the digital load board service 
And so that's my opinion of where it was really bad on the operational standard. And like I said, to me, that's COVID. That's where COVID really highlighted. It seems like we didn't have those problems pre-COVID very often. But now what I will say to follow up is we've had a lot of concerns with these from day one. We worked with some of the companies who they came to us. This was new ground for them. They wanted they were in other markets and they wanted to, you know, what should we do? How should we set these up? So we worked with them and tried to draw them up a fair broker carrier agreement and stuff like that to where both the broker and the carrier had their protections and their due protections that they should have. Of course, they would go back to their attorneys and their attorneys would be like, oh, no, 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 no. And then they would represent us with this pretty heavily one-sided broker carrier agreement that was protecting the broker, not really any protection for the trucker. The one thing that always stuck out in my mind was if there was a problem where you did get detained, they wouldn't pay you more than four hours. Well, I've been detained on freight myself for a day or two at a job site or something happened. Four and I could hours. That's yeah, lunch. Four hours was That's max lunch. that they would pay you. And it was a very nominal fee that they were paying, too. So, But what I saw also, and, and it's nothing against these people, but the people that we would meet with were young computer folks, who, you know, who just got out of some sort of computer school or something like that. They had great big ideas. And, hey, I'm not a computer guy. I'm first semester. So it takes a person like that to make these things work. But the problem was there was no one there with trucking or long-term brokerage or trucking or any of that kind of experience. So we have these young up-and-coming computer folks who have a really good idea and they can make these things work digitally and on a computer, but they really have no understanding of our industry, trucking industry. We, Like I said, we reached out or we had multiple of these companies reach out to us. What it turned into about every six months to a year for about three years there it was that they we would get a new batch of people from these comp one of these separate companies because they're t they're churning or overturning the people or whatever and they're coming back and saying hey and they, and we have our truck to success our class that we do once a year to teach people how to become owner operators like take a company driver and all the way through all the steps to become their own Medicare we do it once a year through our foundation we had one group of them come and attend that they stayed for two days and they left on the last. They were the they didn't stay for the third and final day. And again, they were young, up and coming IT people. But that's the other thing. And it would be the same thing. They would send us their contract. They we would go through it, send it back, and of course their attorneys. So finally, it got to the point with me, because I was helping with all this. Is like, look. We've already done this exercise three or four times with you and with you and with you and all these. There's really no point. You might as well talk to your attorneys to even see if you're willing to change this. The one time I remember they sent us a contract and I always try to do my due diligence. Not that I don't trust people all the time, but I just want to see why, you know, I reached out to one of my members and said, hey, can you get a contract? Tell them you want to sign up as a care and get a contract from these people because I want to make sure the contract you're getting is the same contract that they're giving us. And guess what? They're two separate contracts. And when I asked, <laughs> nobody really had an answer of why this driver got this contract, but we had this contract. Again, I think it's lack of knowledge of the industry 
is one big problem they had. I think they had a very bad communication, lack of experience, stuff like that going on. And then again, I just, you know, if you're, I could see how something like this could work to a point, but you have to have customer service that's going to answer that phone because anybody who's been in transportation very long knows Murphy Law takes effect all the time. And you have to be able to roll with that and fix that. And I always used to say I liked it because confusion causes cash if you're a trucker and you got the right contracts in place. <laughs> so it's a good thing, but it's not a good thing with these people because you can't get a hold of anybody. I'm all talking from the truck side. Sure. I can only imagine what it was like for the shipper or the receiver side because I would think that they would run into the same issues. And when I got $100,000 worth of product on some truck, I probably want to be able to get a hold of the broker or whoever's got this load. Out maybe. There. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. that'd help. Maybe. <laughs> hey, Joe, do you want to jump in here? Louie, I love it. Joe, what do you got for me? You know, one, one thing about a, what brokers, and again, in my experience, and I know, John, your company does this. I mean, you're simply not dialing for trucks. You're actually trying to give solutions to your shippers and to the drivers and to the carriers. Well, I think these digital guys, they forgot about that. I mean, that's why they, you couldn't get anybody on the phone because, well, that wasn't part of their plan to put people on the phone. Everything was going to go digitally. Well, okay. So I think you nailed it there, Joe, too. I think both of you nailed it, and, and I think it's a good thing. I, I had four things here that really stuck out to me, okay? First off, are you a tech company or are you a service company? Brokerage is a service company. No other way to look at it. I have to yeah. serve the customer and I have to serve the carrier, which means you're in the middle. Now, if you can get a computer program to be in the middle and to do the right thing by both parties in every scenario and gather all the details, when something goes wrong, it's not normally just a truck problem. In fact, most of the time, it's not a truck problem. So if you talk about overages, shortages, damages, misship product, mislabeled product, uh, errors that someone makes, you know, I, I get it. But that's the industry we're in, right? That's trucking, that's transportation, that's shipping, that's warehousing. All of those pieces are, are part of the puzzle. The problem always arises on the driver, on the carrier, Okay. It rolls downhill, and when we realize there's a problem, now we're tying up a, either a company equipment, an owner-operator, or whoever's equipment that we have under the load. We're tying the driver up. We're tying up time. Time's undefeated. No one's beaten time. doesn't matter how much money you have. You know, and Louie, you, you being an owner-operator for so long yourself, I can honestly say no matter what you got paid in detention, or to merge, you would have been better off to be on time and make your next pickup on time. You'd have much I'd rather that. I'd say 95% of the time, maybe 99% of the time. The only time there were a couple of them, huh? There was a couple of them where it worked out. And when I was on frack sand, it was kind of good to be sitting around, but uh, you know, but but that was just 
crazy stuff that happened. That was flukes. But right. yeah, nine in but most general freight or most flatbed loads or anything I was under, yeah, I would be much better off just to have dropped the load and been able to go get my next load and move on. Right. You so know? so I mean that's the industry we're talking about here, right? So when you jump out and you say, hey, we're a tech company, hmm. we're also valued as a tech company. Here's the key. Valuations of companies in our industry are, are, are the, the question. When you're valued as a tech company and not a brokerage company, they've got a whole bunch of cash, right? Startup tech companies. Everybody's jumping in, right? We've got a bunch of revenue to work with. And let's see if this makes money. Right. Can't do that in trucking business. Can you, Louie? No. In fact, what I'd like to add personally, if I could, is when you talk about this and really get down into it. What I always tell people, if, in my opinion, if you want to be successful in trucking as a truck owner, as a truck owner, is trucking is built on relationships and, and being being professional and getting to that next level is how well you can be build relationships. You can't build relationships with an app. Just for, you know, picking people up, you know, using Uber, for example, picking people up at the curb in Washington, D.C. is completely different than hauling people, you know, and hauling them five miles, completely different people picking up people's freight. The one thing I learned right away was you're right. Everything that happens comes down on that driver. You, if you're the guy driving the truck, whether you own yeah. it, you're driving it, you're, it comes to you. Right. So the sooner you learn right, wrong, or indifferent, you're the face of whoever's product you're hauling. I mean, I hauled for GE for like eight years. I never worked for GE in my life. I hauled their product on my truck. But when I got to these places with their chemical, people, I was like GE. I was Mr. GE, you right. know. You're a representation of Gen General exactly. Electric. Continue watching on the next episode of the Stay In Your Lane podcast.